0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Melanie Yates. And she is talking about loving your life no matter what. So today's talk is gonna uncover how to deal with life when you don't like it. She's an author and a coach, and she teaches clients how to develop the skill of acceptance and happiness to get new results. So uh, Melanie, welcome.
1: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Lay the groundwork. What is your... Um, your story, and then we'll get right into the conversation.
1: Okay. Well, my story is I worked in the medical field in interventional radiology, and the medical field is hard emotionally and physically and spiritually. And I started getting burned out. And through the twenty-one years that I worked at the local hospital, it was a lot of ups and downs. And I was seeking for a solution. And I am definitely a seeker, and I think probably most of the people that are listening to your podcast are are into that as well. They they are wanting to grow, and they're seeking for solutions so that they can live to their fullest potential. And so I, I love that about what you're doing here, so I appreciate that. Um, so anyway, through those ups and downs, um, and what I like to say is usually my motivation is pain, Uh, specifically emotional pain gets my attention. So that's kind of what happened for me is those ups and downs of pain and even some surgeries in the mix. So it was even physical. I really was looking for a solution and I found um, a coach that helped me. And I decided after that, I was going to be a coach because I wanted to help other people. And so that, that's kind of what started me into it was my own pain, finding someone who helped me and wanting to make a difference in the world by continuing to get more information out there to help, to help us. Cause you know, I know when I was in pain, I I was looking for a solution, but I wasn't finding one. And so I have a real passion for helping people change the way they perceive things. And usually we need something outside of ourselves uh, to help us do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so kind of talk about this um, idea of you sharing with us a pivotal moment in your life that led you to the path of emotional healing and self-improvement.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, I had self-defeating behaviors. I you know, I kind of had this perspective that I could because I worked hard, I could play hard and I was kind of entitled to drink, to eat. So I was kind of numbing. The only way I knew how to get out of that pain was to numb. And so, um, I was always busy and then you know, I worked really hard at the hospital, but then to, I I didn't know how to come down from that kind of rush, that kind of busyness. So I used alcohol and, and that's probably where my turning point was when I, I realized that in a way alcohol was killing me. It was, it was hurting my relationships. Um, it was creating behaviors to ignore, to avoid, too numb and so that was probably the most uh detrimental was was realizing that I wasn't dealing with anything I was avoiding neglecting, ignoring pretending that was a big one pretending and through that journey of stopping drinking that kind of started leading to a lot of this raw emotion, that I had to do something. I had to deal with this raw emotion from numbing all those years. Now I have I'm not numbing and what am I going to do with all this sensitive feelings, emotions? So that that was the turning point was when I I finally realized that alcohol was affecting the way I behaved even if I wasn't drinking because I wanted to numb, I wanted to avoid, I wanted to run away from the reality of my life.
0: Yeah, now you talk about um, transforming relationships and you mentioned being a master at resolving conflicts and relationships. What is one common mistake people make in the relationships and what simple change can they implement to create a significant positive impact?
1: Right, so people point the finger. You know, we point the finger, it's not me, it's them. That is our number one mistake, is that we automatically think that they're wrong. And when you think of when you point a finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back. So I talk about a life of consultation. For me, I I couldn't see what I was doing to create contention in my relationships. And so it was really powerful to build an, a network no, it doesn't have to be paid. Although I think in the beginning, it was helpful for me to have professionals, you know, to have a professional coach, to have professional therapy, um, because, you know, make sure you're who you're taking advice from. But really, we need an outside perspective to bring things to mind that we might not be able to see. And so, How do I take responsibility for what I'm doing in a relationship? So I've developed some ways to ask questions. And I feel like the easiest thing is a pen and paper. Our history, our ancestors would use pen and paper. like They recorded, they reflected, um, they shared. And by writing down who I'm mad at and the reasons, that's as far as most of us get. So we need to uncover like, what does that affect when I blame this person? Is it how does it affect my life when this person is ruining my life? If that's what I think, or if I'm afraid of that person, or I just am annoyed. I mean, it could be as simple as that person irritates me. I don't like them. How does that affect my livelihood? and what it's what it always comes down to is it threatens something inside of me and so when i take a look at where am i being a victim this victim mentality of in a victim mentality there's always there's a bully and there's a victim which which one are you are you bullying somebody or are you the victim of that and people can't see choices and we always have a choice so relationships the common mistake is that we point our finger and we say it's their fault. So if we can just have the easy fix is that I can't control anybody else. So the easiest f- fix is to just take responsibility for what I'm doing. And the quickest answer could be you know, either you need to remove yourself or you need to take responsibility of your anger and your blame and turn it around, you know, find some, you know, you can't make anyone else do anything. So when you are able to really take an honest look about what, what am I doing to create this scenario? We all know it takes two. I can't do anything about their part. What is my part? That's where the perspective of living a life of consultation comes in to affect because sometimes I can't see it, and that's what I do as a coach. I ask questions and I I pull out the answers that are inside everybody. I don't I I don't know answers for other people, but I know good questions, and that is such a valuable tool is to ask questions. Um, just sometimes you need help of well, what questions do I ask? How do I get to that place?
0: Yeah. And so your book focuses on being happy, joyous, and free. And what core message or insight from your book that you believe can make a profound difference in someone's life?
1: Well, I think as you're going through life, there are always going to be ups and downs. And the reason I wrote the book was because I was addicted to being happy. I wanted to be happy all the time. I wanted everything to be roses and rainbows, so to speak. And I I realized that, first of all, that's just not life. Life on life's terms means that I don't have a lot of control about what happens. There's a lot of things going on um, in the world that we have no control over. It's proven that the holiday season automatically makes people feel stressed. And so here we are, it's December. The world is at war, holidays, there's a lot of heaviness going on. And so I wanted to write a book that would give a solution that happy, joyous, and free is a skill set. It is a solution-based mind. It's a mind tool. It is a tool so that no matter what is going on in your life, you can see the choices which empowers you so I believe all things are skills like to be happy is a skill and we can learn about how to be happy we can practice how to be happy and the more we practice the more progress we make and then I mean when you think of Olympic Olympic athletes they practice to the point of mastery and i believe that that is true about our mindset it's just we make other things priorities you know and then and then we wonder why i feel like a victim when life shows up and if you lose a job if someone dies um if something horrible happens you know it's so easy to choose to have we we have thoughts and they and then they produce feelings. And so what I've learned, and what the book is about is, is how to really own my thoughts and my perspective so that I can create better results.
0: Yeah, so great question. And so kind of, um, you know, I love this. And then so if you had the kind of, uh, we're kind of ending it up. And if you had the opportunity to go back in time and give your advice to your 18 year old self, what would you say? And uh, how do you think this advice would have changed your path or approach to life's challenges?
1: That's kind of a tricky question for my 18-year-old self, because you couldn't tell my 18-year-old self anything. I mean, I was so arrogant, I guess. I just just wanted to do it my way. So it really comes down to, is it working? If I could give some advice to my 18-year-old self, I would say, look, Mel, you might think your life is working right now, but just know when it stops working, there's another way. And it, it's going to take some humility to be willing to try something different besides always thinking that you know. And I would encourage her that it's okay to not know.
0: Yeah. How can people contact you and follow you, reach out to you, check out your social media, etc.
1: Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. I love helping the medical professionals with burnout and mindset to either create an ideal job or deal with the work life balance. Uh, I'm on Facebook. My website is happy, joyous, and Yeah. And
0: for all the li- audience out there, let's thank Melanie for a wonderful conversation about love and joy and happiness, especially in today's times, holiday season. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast.
1: Thank you. Appreciate what you're doing for the world.